are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Kate Madjuke. You could follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. As always, I am joined as with my co-host, Marcus. You could follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Give the show a follow at Locked On Dynasty. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us those five-star reviews wherever you listen to your podcast. We have some training camp news. We've got buzz. Everybody is in the best shape of their lives right now. Uh, including except us, for right? Me. I was just saying, oh, okay, never mind. Uh, no, yeah. no, 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 except for me. <laughs> uh, I'm excited, Kate, because we're actually getting like clips on Twitter. Uh, the worst part is the injury stuff. Like We've already had a couple... Not, not big injuries, but nagging injuries that we're going to have to navigate through. But today, we are going to be talking about four players that we think are going to see a big rise in their dynasty ADP over the next month as we get into the training camps, padded practices, and the preseason. Kate, I'm going to let you go first. Who, who is one player you think is really going to see their, their value rise here in the, in the upcoming weeks? All right, so I'm going to start you off slow, and then I'm going to work my way up. <laughs> to my number one guy. I want to talk about Chase Edmonds, who has been the recipient of some preseason buzz already. We've heard some rumblings. We've heard some positive things about Chase Edmonds in regards to the the training camp battle between him and James Conner. It sounds like he's starting to uh, assume more of that RB1 role, though he says he does not like the RB1 label. But that is too bad, my friend, because he's going to rise up through the ranks. We have seen Chase Edmonds already be a productive fantasy Mm -hmm. running back, guys. As a backup, Edmonds was the RB25 in PPR PPR formats. He saw 10 red zone targets. He was utilized all over the field, ranked fourth in receiving yards among running backs, third in fantasy points among running backs with at least 50% of snaps, Chase Edmonds was super, super uh, effective, and the the reason for that is his usage in the receiving game. They love him, and they love him on the field, period. Now, we have Kenyon Drake, who's vacated so many touches, and I have been one of the people that have assumed that James Conner is going to handle the, the early down touches, going to fill the Kenyon Drake role, but even if he doesn't, or even if he does, there's still plenty to go around for Chase Edmonds. We saw what he did with limited touches. Now, what we're hearing so far, he says he's added muscle and he's trimmed down. So he's he's gaining lean weight. He's up to 205 pounds. He's trimmed, uh, which it's good for speed. It's good for strength. I think as we continue to progress through these training camps, we are going to see uh, Chase Edmonds. We already know he's well-liked by the coaching staff, but I do think we are going to see a big, big blip in his dynasty ADP because once he has that RB1 role, we already know what he can do with it. We've seen what he could do uh, when Kenyon Drake was not on the field, but I could realistically see him climbing into the top 20 ADP in Dynasty League football for startups so ahead I, of the season. 
I would not shock me. I also, you kind of glossed over it, but he had the, the best training camp quote I've ever seen. I've added, he said, I trimmed down and I bulked up all in the same offseason. <laughs> so that's not possible, Chase, but I, I appreciate you trying that to. I, we understand the sentiment, though, right? <laughs> so, like, he he uh, might have lost, he lost some baby fat and he gained back, uh, sure. you know, some of that, that lean muscle, which... I mean, that's usually the, the kind of muscle you want. But, I mean, Chase Edmonds, his ADP right now, he's being drafted as the running back 30. He's being drafted behind James Robinson in Dynasty Startups, which I do think is a little bonkers. He's only 25 years old. And the beauty is uh, at that, you know, age of 25, which we might be concerned about, he is he's not got a ton of touches on the tires. I no. think he's going to have a really great opportunity this year, and I'm really excited. That's a good call. I, I think Chase Edmonds is a really strong buy right now, especially if you need an RB2. I think he's going to have a really, really good season. So that one's not surprising to me at all. I think he's going to be another one of these guys that once the pads come on and we get into the preseason, he's going to make a couple plays. He's going to get three or four receptions in a preseason, and people are going to get really, really excited about Chase Edmonds as a full-time guy. So I like that call. I actually want to talk about another guy that I actually think is similar to to Chase Edmonds in some ways. What about Michael Carter, Kate? Because Michael Carter is somebody who sounds like he's already running with the first team with the Jets. It's pretty clear he's the number one guy there. Uh, You typically don't see fourth-round picks, you know, running with the first team on the first day of practice. But it just shows you uh, what kind of talent he has. Um, I don't love anybody else in that backfield, whether it's Ty Johnson or Tevin Coleman. Um, do you think he's another one of these guys that could see not a huge boost in ADP, but a steady rise as we get closer to the season? I definitely think so. Um, and I, I do want to highlight something. So we're hearing buzz about Michael Carter taking first team reps. And pretty much every headline out of Jets camp so far has been X player is working with the second team. I can't even figure out who's working with the first team because (laughs) every headline is about the second team and how all of the players that you would expect would be working with the first team are not. But Michael Carter, he's being drafted as the running back 27 in Dynasty Startups. Do you have any concern about just his overall size? Because I don't think competition Mm. is the issue in the New York Jets offense whatsoever. He is clearly the most talented running back uh, by far, by a huge margin. Um, you know, he he was more productive in terms of yardage, though he didn't have the touchdowns that Javante Williams had this year. But he is a bit undersized. He's 5'8", 201 pounds. So he's not, he doesn't pack the same kind of punch that uh, you might, you might mm-hmm. hope, uh, or you might, you know, praise Javante Williams for. So can he keep that up at the NFL level and can he sustain a a true workhorse workload? Yes, because I think it's all relative, right? Like if we were drafting Michael Carter to be like an RB1, yeah, that's when I get concerned about him not being over like 205 pounds. But if we're looking for somebody who is being drafted outside of the top 20 running backs and we really just want him to be a a low-end RB2, it doesn't really concern me, Kate, because we've seen this type of player be successful in the NFL before. Like, 
he's very similar in size to James White. And I know James White's not the sexiest name for a Michael Carter comp, but James White's been a pretty good player for a long time in the NFL now. And there's other examples like a Miles Gaskin is not too dif- you know different in size. Uh, we, we've seen this type of player be successful before. So again, yes, I think it concerns me a little bit if we were projecting him as an RB1, not if we're looking at him as an RB2, somebody who can just kind of fill in certain weeks and we play matchups. Uh, any more thoughts on, on Michael Carter before we move on? No, I, I just, I do think that he's one of the more uh, underrated, uh, like we're always searching for the RB1 role and he's somebody that I don't think we've heard mm-hmm. enough about with the potential to sort of take on that role, especially if he gets involved as a receiver. So I like this pick. All right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com today all right kate we've gone way too long without a Steeler reference i i'm assuming that you can fix that <laughs> tell us that the second player that you're looking for their adp to rise i can i can i have the perfect remedy for you guys <laughs> Uh, it's Najee Harris. I am so, so overwhelmed with Najee Harris hype. And I do think that he is one of like the, the, the guys that has been dominating the headlines. And I do think that the fantasy community at large has been sort of uh, more immune to that hype because of all the concerns of the offensive line. But Marcus, have you been keeping a tab uh, on the, the preseason news at all? And, uh, I and have. Buzz coming I, out? I, I... I have just because I'm so close to the situation there. I, I it's it's all Najee Harris right now. It's infectious. He's being drafted in Dynasty startups as the RB11, and I do think that he's he's one of these guys that um, is pretty much automatically set for uh, a full time role. We already had GM Kevin Colbert come out to say he's coming out of a traditional NFL type offense that should help him transition. When we drafted him, we thought he'd be a three-down back because he was a three-down back at a high level at Alabama. We would be disappointed if he wasn't. Mm. He is set for at least 300 touches per season. But I do think, like, nothing changes about Najee Harris. I don't think, uh, I mean, nothing changes about the offensive line. I don't think situationally we have a lot changing. Like, He's still the same running back who ranked second in rushing yards in the FBS last season, first in rushing touchdowns, second in forced missed tackles. He's still the same guy. Nothing changes. But monitoring the hype coming out at training camp, we heard yesterday in his first padded practice that things went very well. Apparently, he uh, had a really nice block for Ben Roethlisberger, and Ben Roethlisberger went like bananas, which is not... I feel like his Ben Roethlisberger's style is to go out and go bananas, but mm-hmm. everybody is hyped about this rookie. We've heard such good things, and low key, he's fully vaccinated. We just got that little tidbit, which I do think is 
Uh, it's it's just that nice little. Uh, it feels like a bigger safety blanket, and I kind of like it. I I'm so hyped. <laughs> I can tell. And I right. think. Can, it, can oh. I be the wet blanket here? Can I can I be the wet blanket? Um, Kate, Offensive line. Yeah, you and I might be their starting tackles this year for Pittsburgh. It, it's not great. Uh, Chuck Sakor for moving from right tackle to left tackle. Zach Banner, who's basically been a career journeyman playing right tackle. Uh, they are hoping Trey Zach Turner. Banner. Zach Banner won the starting role last season. He is returning from an ACL, yes. so that's something to worth yes. to monitor. But very excited about rookie Kendrick Green. Yes. Play. Yeah, it sounds like he's pretty much secured that that center job like mm-hmm. pretty much right out of the gate haven't even seen a ton from him you know in terms of uh what he's doing on the field but he's pretty much already run that won that job and out of all offensive linemen drafted in 2020 or sorry 2021 he ranked eighth in in run blocking score among all of them all okay. positions it's i think th- we're it's still under, the most unproven understand. offensive line in football. That, that's we, I mean, it is, but but Marcus, hear me out. You don't draft <laughs> you don't draft dynasty players banked based on their offensive line. We've seen how quickly offensive line changes. You can go from worst to first in literally an off season. Why are you drafting a running back based on offensive line? Because mm. it in dynasty, I think first and foremost, when you're talking about a rookie. Yeah, you got to worry about situation, but I think we we already have a guy that is set to uh, be the focal point of an offense for a long time to come. Uh, offensive line is shaky, but very uncertain. Like it, for as many questions as the the Steelers' offensive line has, they did get younger. Mm-hmm. They were very old, very old, mm-hmm. um, and they got younger. There's question marks with Kendrick Green. I think he's got tons of upside, but. I just think with a talent like Najee Harris, you're not drafting him for the offensive line. Talent can surpass poor offensive line play. And even better yet, Najee's a very capable receiver. He's okay. going to be used in the passing game. Okay. Period. Um, I, the the long-term stability of that offense scares me because Ben Roethlisberger's probably gone after this year. Juju Smith-Schuster's probably gone. Uh, this is a team that traditionally just does not invest a lot of high picks in their offensive tackles. They don't spend a ton of money in free agency on offensive linemen. I am just a little bit more worried than you. It's not to say I don't like Najee Harris and I don't have him. I mean, I have him ranked inside of my top 12 running back. So we're picking nits a little bit, but um, that's fine. I, I want to move on to another guy that you hate. Uh, I feel like it's time to, to switch it up, right? Uh <laughs> You know that I love Damien Harris. You know that I'm a Damien Harris truther. And when Bill Belichick uh, talks about him, like he talked about him on Thursday, calling him one of the most improved players that he's seen this offseason uh, and saying that he has an opportunity to really compete for the lead spot, I am excited. It seems like from everybody that's out at uh, Patriots camp, he's by far the best running back there. It sounds like he's a much more natural receiver. Uh, and I know that's the big question here is how many targets is he going to get? I, I, I'm not sure. It's probably not going to be a lot. I just like that the price is, again, relatively low. You're looking at where he's being drafted now, according to Dynasty League Football. He's running back 39. I think whenever he plays, he's going to be a low-end RB2. And I think as we get into camp 
as he continues, you know, every week to be the RB1 there, we get into the preseason. I, I just don't see how his value can't rise. He's only 24 years old. He's got the Alabama pedigree. What am I missing on Damian Harris? It's literally the potential target share or lack thereof. Yeah. Um, yep. If we get through the preseason, we see Damian Harris, like he's, it, there's no doubt in my mind that he is the RB1 in that offense. But if you are going to not get any targets, you need to be Derrick Henry. And he's not – that's not who he is for me. Um, I, I don't think that Bill Belichick would ever utilize him that heavily. If we get through the preseason and we start to see him actually utilized in passing down drills, by all means, I'll buy. Okay. Can, can I offer this point to you? So – when he was at Alabama, Kate, uh, he actually started ahead of Josh Jacobs, who the Raiders ended up taking in the first round. And Josh Jacobs has not been somebody who has been a dynamic receiver in the NFL. In fact, he has never had a third down target in his life to, uh, with the Raiders. And yet, you, you're, wow. looking, yeah, you're looking at dynasty rankings right now, and Josh Jacobs is often being drafted inside of the top 20 running backs of the same age. Um, and the Patriots' offensive line is much, much better than what the Raiders is. So I guess I don't understand why there's a 20-spot difference at the running back position between Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think that's fair. Um, but I will say, like, Josh Jacobs is a guy that's been losing a lot of dynasty value. And maybe, maybe that situation with Josh Jacobs has given us a bit of recency bias as well uh you also have to be concerned about potential usage in the red zone didn't score many touchdowns uh didn't didn't do a ton of work there but uh, i think even if we have mac jones under center you have to worry about cam newton coming in on the goal line I, and i, I think that's about. but not long that's term, a realistic right? concern right, right. not We're, long term no he's on a one-year deal um that's what, so there, yeah, we're, we're talking long term with Damian Harris, right? If he can come, yeah. let's say let's say he only scores six touchdowns this year, but next year Cam is gone, and Harris looks competent, right? I think his value is just going to shoot right up, right? I think he's uh, I think he's a great buy for okay. his current price, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't exceed that. Okay. where you're buying him, if that okay. makes sense. Uh, that's fine. I think we're going to continue to, to monitor Damian Harris because I think he is one of the more interesting players in Dynasty right now. Uh, I know I have him in several leagues. I, I know I have several people this morning have reached out to me trying to trade for Damian Harris, so would not be surprised to see his ADP rise up. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about some, some Dynasty trades that I've made uh, during this week uh, that involve some hot-button players, and I want Kate's opinion on that. Uh, but before we do so, wanted to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action on Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, Kate. Um, the first trade I want to talk about is a Darrell Henderson trade. So, obviously, Cam Akers uh, 
tore his Achilles working out a couple weeks ago. Uh, Darrell Henderson is now projected to be the starting running back there. However, he's coming off his own injury. Uh, it's not quite sure when he's going to be ready to return to the field. So before I tell you what I got for him, what do you think is an acceptable amount to ask for if you have Darrell Henderson? See, this is the problem is that I'm very high on Daryl Henderson. Okay. So I I don't think that I could be utilized as the measuring stick for Dynasty no, this is football. No, this I is feel good because like, a lot of people are high on Daryl Henderson, though. I, like, I would want a first. Okay. Like a late first, probably, right? I'd want a mid. But again, I'm <laughs> like I'm really high on okay. Daryl Henderson. So that that becomes the problem with me. I'm not the best person to ask about Daryl Henderson because, I mean, when you're looking at Daryl Henderson versus Cam Akers uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of combine metrics, they have similar speed. They have similar burst, I think. Uh, they're both capable receivers. Uh, when you look at their 2020 performance, Daryl Henderson was more efficient pretty much across the board in every mm-hmm. single metric. I, I'm very high on, on Daryl Henderson. I was even before this this devastating injury for Cam Akers. So I'm just the worst person to ask. <laughs> well, okay, so, Marcus, tell us what you got. <laughs> so I, listen, going into the draft, I liked Daryl Henderson a lot. I just, it seemed like it wasn't going to work out in the Rams and he was going to be on a different team. So I'm viewing this as a one-year basically rental that you're going to have Darrell Henderson and then Cam Akers is going to be back in a crowded backfield next year. So I traded Darrell Henderson straight up for Odell Beckham in a league that I needed wide receivers. Darrell Henderson was on my bench. I think Odell can uh, have a really nice season. Uh, I I know Odell, his dynasty value has dropped, but that's one I feel good about cashing in on. I I don't hate it, but- You don't love it either, I can tell, I can tell. No, and (laughs) so honestly, a lot of that comes, and Odell is a guy that I, I absolutely love. I still think he's Odell Beckham Jr., the player. Uh, My concern comes on whether or not he's going to be with the Browns long term. Uh, I think that's sort of the the concern for me. When you're looking at all wide receiver uh, quarterback pairings, Baker Mayfield to Odell Beckham Jr. is literally the worst uh, combined passer rating in the NFL. They. They are not meant to be. Um, that is that is like a that is an NFL Network quote uh, <laughs> stat from my wife. Uh, she's very very for and it, she's actually talked me off the ledge a little bit with Odell Beckham because I I'm ready to dive back in. But I mean, just think about the fact that if Daryl Henderson does come out to be the prospect that you want him to be and that you wanted him to be before the slow start with the Rams and maybe Cam Akers doesn't come back. Like you, you just traded away an RB one for maybe potentially a a wide receiver three. And I'm okay with that because again, I I just, I think that's going to be a crowded backfield. Um, I think it's going to be one that's going to be messy all season long. I'm willing to take that risk. All right. The next one, Kate, (laughs) and this is a standard dynasty league. It's one quarterback. It's two running backs, three receivers and a flex. Uh, and then tight end, no tight end premium. I had the 101 in a draft. I actually was sitting pretty well at running back, so I did not take your guy, Najee Harris. Instead, <sighs> I took Kyle Pitts. However, however, I was able to to parlay Kyle Pitts into a nice little package that included 
George Kittle, Aaron Rodgers, and Trey Sermon. How do you think I came out with that pick? I actually, I, I like that. I like that trade a bit better. Um, I've talked on this podcast about my potential concerns with Aaron Rodgers just in terms of uh, his efficiency and that uh, coming down a little bit. But, you know, on the other side of the, the fence here, we have a potential new situation for Aaron Rodgers. And let's say he does go to Denver and, it, and that whole situation comes to fruition. Aaron Rodgers sailing rises for me. So I like that. But I especially I love the value of Trey Sermon. And I feel like Trey Sermon is a prospect that just in general we've been mm-hmm. very high on. Uh, you know, once once we saw Trey Sermon actually get some work later on in the, the 2020 season, he looked fantastic. He looked like a true RB1. He's a capable receiver. I do think that just once this backfield clears out just a bit more, um, I, I think he could really come out and be that one-two punch with Trey Lance and in that Kyle Shanahan zone scheme. I love it. So the, the trade really comes down to, does George Kittle get back to the player that we saw, was it two years ago now, three years ago? Because, you know, he's been banged up. He hasn't been quite as efficient as we saw him in 2018. I, I still believe in George Kittle. I know he's a little older than what people expect. He's 28. I still think he's a top three or four dynasty tight end. And then being able to, to grab Rodgers and Trey Sermon, I think it makes up for Kyle Pitts and how, I mean, I, obviously I love Kyle Pitts. He's my number one tight end right now in Dynasty, even over Travis Kelsey, even over Darren Waller. Um, I, I just felt, felt like those three players were too much to pass up on. So you like that one, you don't love the Odell one. I, I definitely like that a lot better than the Odell one. Um, uh, and that, again, like, guys, you can tell me, am I am I a fool? Because, in like, a lot of this, like I said, it goes back to me loving Daryl Henderson before the Cam mm-hmm. Akers injury. Uh, so the Cam Akers injury, it's it's just given me more, um, more security in all of these takes that I had to begin with. So tell me, guys, am I crazy? You could let us know at Locked on Dynasty. <laughs> Yes, please do. We want to hear all your Darrell Henderson trades over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I also want to hear your Damian Harris trades because, again, that's somebody who a lot of people are interested in right now. So make sure you send those to us. Uh, you can follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Uh, you can follow the show at Lockdown Dynasty. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll be back on Monday. And, Kate, we've got actual live football next week. It could not be more exciting. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.